Great form by you hitting play on this podcast. Now, check out Same Racer, the brand new racing app for Same Race multi-tips. Same Racer. Download from the App Store and Google Play. Powered by Bluebet. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. We cross over uh, to Australia now to get uh, the take of the other side of the Tasman, the other side of this competition, uh, Super Rugby Pacific, with uh, former Wallaby Morgan Turanui. G'day, Morgan. How are you doing? Good, thanks. Very, very happy to be talking to you guys. Yeah, mate. Good to good to chat. Good to chat. Honestly, uh, you would think over this side of the uh, over this side of the ditch. I don't know what it's like over there, but over there, uh, you'd almost think that there were no Aussie teams in this competition because all we seem to talk about is the New Zealand side. I don't know how much different it is uh, in in the media and the broadcast over there. Well, it's a bit different over here because we've got Andrew Merton sitting next to me every weekend, so that's all we seem to talk about Kiwi teams as well. So. He won't shut up about how good you guys are going, and unfortunately, he's probably right. Yeah, mate, are you deaf in that ear now? <laughs> yeah, well, I, uh, what I usually do is I try to put the earpiece in that side, and you just nod at Mertz when he starts talking, and then you only have to nod every 10 minutes when he gets a bit of a run-up. You just let him go. <laughs> mate, that's brilliant. That's brilliant. Hey, Morgs, we should talk about uh, those Aussie teams, though, because uh, there's two in particular that are absolutely flying. That's the Brumbies and the Reds. I mean, from what you've seen, I mean, you're watching these these teams firsthand, week in, week out. Where do you think they're at compared to their New Zealand um, uh, opponents? Yeah, I think the Reds for mine are, are most excited to see them measure up against the New Zealand teams. I think the Brumbies, they sort of hit a, a bit of a flat spot the last couple of weeks. They've got a, obviously a really good model that they play, don't they? They, they play territory. They're so efficient at converting 22-metre entries into points. Now, if that can stand up to the pressure that New Zealand teams do pose, I'm really interested in that. But the Reds, I think, especially if they're a full-strength team, they've had some, some uh, early COVID and injury issues in the in the early rounds of the season. If they can have a full-strength team, I'm actually really excited to see how they cope with it. A guy like Tony Tupo, James O'Connor at 10, Tate McDermott, who continues to improve very much the future, probably, of the Australian number nine jersey, and Jordan Pattaya. So some really quality players that, that probably need to be tested against New Zealand teams. But as you mentioned, you know, the Reds and Brumbies, that's the band that we're excited about. The Waratahs will be in the middle there somewhere, whether they can cope with that, that intensity we talk about playing you guys. And then I think the Force and the Rebels might struggle a bit. Hey, Morgs, Marshy, mate, really appreciate you joining us. Um, always great to have your insight. I wanted to tap into that, what you're just talking about, um, in, in terms of particularly the Reds and the Brumbies. It seems to me that they've they've just got a lot more consistent. You know, they're, it, they, they, they did have the ability, some of the Australian teams, to fluctuate, like have a good performance and then be slightly off, but... The Reds and the Brumbies, and even when they've played each other so far this season, have been producing some pretty good quality rugby, do you think? Yeah, I do. And, Marshy, mate, I'm always happy to answer the call of my former Barbarians captain, mate. You know I do anything. Let <laughs> me know anything I need. Uh, looking forward to hopefully seeing you in Melbourne in a couple of weeks. But, yeah, I think consistency, that's probably a theme. Inconsistency is probably a theme for Australian rugby over the last decade, and you guys would know that better than anyone, you know say, a 2019 marquee performance in Perth, winning a match over there and then losing with the shutout the week after in Auckland. And that's, that's been very consistent in the way they've been inconsistent for Australian teams. Brumbies probably are the ones that, you know, especially at the Super Rugby level, week in, week out, they give budgeted performance. You know what you're going to get from the Brumbies. The Reds are probably the ones that have been better at consistency in finding a way to win. Still, the content of their rugby 
needs some work with the you know some of the guys I mentioned and even some of the the younger players coming through that Reds program they're all homegrown talent so they've done it really well they've played a lot of rugby together and maybe it's something we've seen with you guys and not so much copied but seen that it works for you guys guys play lots of rugby together it's got to help performance and consistency comes on the back of that so it's just an exciting couple of weeks coming up where we where we do get to measure it against some of the quality over your side I don't know whether you have it in Australia, but we certainly have it here in New Zealand. Like every man his dog has a tipping comp. Um, <laughs> and I have to say that I'm sort of usually middle of the road, but uh, there wouldn't have been many people tipping the Rebels to beat the force in Perth, I don't think. Now, you're a former coach of the Rebels, have, and they were absolutely crap at the start of the year, but they've had a resurgence, haven't they? Was that a result you were expecting? Oh, that was, well, I tipped the force, put it that way, so it shows how good a judge I am. Um, I thought the same as you. I thought, look, the force has shown a bit more. And to be fair, let's look at, talk about the force quickly. Like, it, it's as bad a 40 minutes as you could start a game, I reckon. They lost the penalty count 10 to 2. And it was probably 10 of the dumbest penalties I've ever seen, either poor scrum engagement or absolutely silly penalties at the ruck. Their scrum was terrible. Their line-out was no good either. So you just can't win games like that. And they probably still should have won. I mean, taking the points when all you need to try to win with seven minutes to go is a strange one, and it cost them. But in saying that, the Rebels, I think I said in coverage, they just willed a victory into existence. Like, they didn't do a huge amount except hold on and hold on and stay in the game. And so I suppose if you're a coach, you can be proud of the effort. But, yeah, they, they've got a lot of work to do in terms of their rugby content. I, I do think they're a little bit off the pace, and I suppose they're all looking a bit at the top eight, top eight of the 12 to make the finals. I would have thought the Rebels, the force, and probably the two new teams are the ones you'd see down there. I think the Highlanders will probably go on a run now. I, I've seen how close they've been. You know, the four bonus mm. points probably says a lot about that. You guys know more about that than me, but I, I think they'll knock off a couple of Aussie teams, that's for sure. What have you made of the Drua? Well, obviously, they're, um, they're always going to find it tough. But here in New Zealand, we've been impressed with how competitive they've been. And obviously, you know, they've, they've got a victory as well. But you know, you'd have to sort of say that they've delivered more than perhaps potentially thought they were going to be capable of. Yeah, I'm a bit worried because we keep agreeing, mate. Oh, I couldn't agree more. <laughs> I think we were just we were just so happy to have them in the competition, possibly a little bit like Moana Pacifica. Happy to have them in the competition. You know, both sides of of the ditch, you guys and us, have benefited so much from Fijian rugby talent through the years. It was great yeah. for the Drill to have their own identity, and we thought, yeah, they're going to be everyone's second team. And they've had a win and they've you know, stretched teams. They should have beaten the force. They lost to a penalty goal at the end. So I think they've definitely performed better than we'd expected. And now it's, it's almost a little bit disrespectful to say, either everyone's second, you know, second favourite team and it's just great to be there. They're, they're a genuine danger every time they play. And, and, and the thing about it, you can be 20 points up and you're still not safe because they've just got this ability to just turn it on in, in short patches. Where they get their offload game going, as we've seen right through the years from Fiji and players. You've got... 15 guys playing with that seven skill and intent to play. So I'll tell you what, coming up against some Kiwi teams as well will be even more exciting. Got this, you mentioned it, uh, Super Round coming up in a couple of weeks. So one one more round of Super Rugby Pacific and then we, we, we amalgamate into the Trans-Tasman comp. Uh, look, if I, was, if I was being perfectly honest and, and blunt, mate, particularly since this isn't going out on Australian radio, <laughs> well, hopefully it's not. <laughs> but be careful, hey, you're going to some... be over in a couple of weeks. Oh, mate, don't worry. Somehow they'll find a soundbite. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to cut this up, yep. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, 
Look, I don't think an Australian team can win this competition unless they're playing at home. So that's just me personally. So I think their aim, particularly the Reds and the Brumbies, which we've talked about, they really need to be targeting finishing top of the ladder. So that those first, because the first two rounds, if people out there don't know listening, the first, the, there's a super round in Melbourne and then all the New Zealand teams the second week are again in, in, in Australia playing. So those, I think, they are really pivotal games for the Australian teams to try and secure themselves at the top of the, the log, do you think? Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And that was why it's probably, it's probably important and has been important for the Brumbies and Reds to maximise the points on this side of the, of, mm. you know, it's not a conference system, but on this side of the draw. And that gives them a bit of a buffer to make sure they're at the top end of the top eight. They're going to make the eight, both those teams. Um, and you'd probably think the Waratahs will sneak in as well. But, yeah, I think they've got to finish top two and then sort of hope for the best as they go through. That that could just mean just knocking off a couple of Kiwi sides because, obviously, there's a few extra games where you guys play each other a, a few more times, so it, it can even that out. And I'll tell you what I'm interested in, truthfully, is the refereeing, how the two sides of refereeing come together in games because mm. I've noticed a real difference in the way the games are judged. I watched... One of the, one of my, the, probably the, one of the best 40 minutes of rugby I enjoyed was last Sunday watching the Chiefs and the Hurricanes in the second half and the referee just let the teams play. And I, yep. I reckon I counted 25 ruck infringements that an Australian referee would have called. So mm. I think it's gonna, that's going to be really... And I, I, what I loved was he just said, you know, boys, both teams want to play rugby. I'm just going to let you play. May the best team win. And I loved it as a spectacle. But it's going to be really interesting, I think, when those two refereeing cohorts come together and seeing how they referee high tackle, which is always, you know, um, yeah. a big contentious point. No matter what happens, it does a 20-minute red card decide a game, a big game against the Crusaders and the Reds or something like that. Or also how the ruck's going to be uh, officiated. And I think both sides will have to adjust and maybe there's a little bit of room in that for one side of it to be to be advantaged and look I think the Reds will go well if they're if they're up there the Brumbies have a game that can win any game yes the other three might be a bit a different case yeah that's a really valid point and I think you're absolutely right to see how they come together and how the players adapt as well hey uh, just on a side note um, I happen to as I always do tune into Stan's coverage and uh, notice you in the studio with your old mate Lottie Takiri mate he's a uh, He's looking nice and solid, but was looking in good form. I'll tell you what, he's well-dressed, isn't he? It's the biggest double-breasted suit I've ever seen in my life. I thought it was, <laughs> I was watching The Rock on Ballers or something. He's definitely best-dressed. It was great. It was, great to, it was you know, it's great to come in. Half the time, it's more fun off there when you're just mucking around and laughing at each other and telling old stories to people that can't believe the things that you did when you're on tour. And being Takiri and Turinui, we were originally roomed together, and it worked quite well because I could get him to turn up on time so I was pretty much his roomie the whole time so it was great great to see the big LT there and, he, and the funny thing about him is you, you think he's just got such a great footy brain sometimes yep. it, it's a little bit lost you know in, in, in getting it out but it's he's got some great insight on the game and I tell you what he can judge a young player coming through don't forget a huge career at State of Origin won premierships at different clubs in rugby league and of course the 67 Test Wallaby great finisher so it was great to have him on and just have a different point of view as I said I think we're all sick of Mertz hogging all the all the time on air so it was great to get Lottie on I tell you I you probably you probably won't remember this but in that final we played against you guys I was all full of bravado and got the ball early in the match and I I lined up Lottie and thought I'm going to run right over the top of you 
Honestly, mate, no one's hit me so freaking hard ever before in my life. <laughs> Jeez, and he was pretty crap, man. You can imagine you can imagine now you see him in the hallway, you won't be past him. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> hey, um, mate, we really appreciate appreciate your insight as always. Um, it'd be great to catch up with you in a couple of weeks. And as your former Barbarians captain, I can quite confidently say in the time I spent with the Barbarians, I never saw another centre spend more time in the bar than you. So congratulations on that. <laughs> I tell you what, that's an illustrious group of centres you spent time in a bar with, that's for sure. I'll take that, I'll take that as a compliment. Was it? And you, mate, you got me to the game. I remember Friday morning, we, you got us all together. You said, boys, uh, we're playing the All Blacks tomorrow. We probably should get off the piss. <laughs> <laughs> so that was a great pre-match speech from an awe-inspiring captain. Oh, that is outstanding. Normally you have beers after the game. It sounds like you guys were having them before the game, were you? No comment. Well, he was smart. i tell you what, he was smart. Oh, uh, yeah, there was a few no comments. He was smart. He said, right, boys, the last sort of 48 hours, Let's go to gin and waters because we can hydrate at the same time. <laughs> it tastes terrible, but it got us there. Anyway, <laughs> a lot of cramping in that. It's the first time I've seen players cramp in the first half of a rugby game. <laughs> oh, mate, Morgan, you obviously haven't uh, haven't seen the ads over here for, uh, for for Justin Marshall Nutrition Services, um, but that, that's that's flying as well down in Queenstown, along with everything else, mate. Hey, just before oh, we do yeah. let you Marcy, go, you'll, Marcy, you'll sell anything, won't you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I just want wanted to get your your take on um, probably not the uh, the team that's garnered the most uh, attention from the side of the ditch over over your way but Moana Pacifica um, from a Cena's point of view that um, Danny Tuala Levi Amua um, Cena combination what do you make of that yeah I thought it was really impressive and and obviously with Sakopi Kepu and Christian Leofana involved we've actually we've actually enjoyed watching Moana Pacifica obviously they've had the hardest run through as it is playing multiple games. They've got another game in a couple of day, days against the Hurricanes, is that right? So, yeah, so We've made it hard for them. We haven't been that nice in bringing them into the comp, but yeah, I, I love that setup there. I, I really enjoy the way that they can be physical, but also have that good short passing game. I think sometimes we have an either-or centre, and we're seeing with Hunter Paisami, the same sort of guy, a guy developing his short passing game, even the little kicking game. And I think that's what, especially Amur, he can finish tries, he can create tries, he's nice and physical. Just another... Another centre you guys roll off the conveyor belt. Yeah, just another one, mate. Just another one. Plenty of them. Hey, Morgan, thanks very much for coming on. I uh, look forward to talking to you again and uh, enjoy the rest of your weekend, eh? Absolute pleasure, guys. Can't wait to, to reconnect with you guys with the rugby coming up when we finally get to play each other again. As much as we, we, we like the banter, we've missed you. Oh, oh. oh cheers, thanks, mate. Thanks, mate. Thanks, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Go well, Morgan. See you, guys. See you, mate. Uh, former Wallaby Morgan Toranui there. And, of course, uh, former teammate of, of Justin Marshall's, uh, part of the coverage out of Australia of Super Rugby Pacific. Here's some tips for maintaining your Trex deck. Um, occasionally wash it with some soapy water or a pressure cleaner. Trex composite decking is low maintenance and won't fade, splinter or warp. Trex, the world's number one decking brand.